looking at it's not an acronym, is it? What is it? A mnemonic? The the letters of tulip, they all stand for something in the doctrines of grace. I think it'd be a mnemonic. Across the is it acrostic? What did I say? A, anyway, is it an acrostic? Acrostic, right? Not a mnemonic. It would be all of those. <laughs> <laughs> all of. <laughs> Okay. It makes up a word. It makes up a word. Tulip. Yes. Good. And we're on the. Th- there we go. We're on the third letter. We're on the third letter of tulip. L. Limited atonement. This is something that really does upset people. You've got the five letters of tulip, five um, doctrines, and some people will subscribe to perhaps four of those five, but when it comes to the one we're going to consider this morning, it's too much for them. It's a highly emotive subject, although I don't know why, and there are people who will protest most strongly and insist that it's not so, what I'm about to say. But what we're going to consider briefly is limited atonement. That means that the Lord Jesus Christ, he laid down his life for some, but not for all. He limited, that there is a limitation rather, on the people that Jesus came to save. No limitation on Jesus and his power to save, Jesus, he is the the son of God. He laid the foundations of the earth. The heavens are the work of his hands. So there, he is without limitation with regards to what he is able to do. Nevertheless, the Bible teaches that Jesus, the son of God, did not lay down his life for everybody. Shock horror. And there are people who will insist that when Jesus was nailed to a cross, lifted up to die, it was for everybody. And then it is up to us to either accept or reject his work of atonement. But that is not the case. And it really follows on from what we've already considered. The first two letters of Tulip make it very clear that the Lord Jesus Christ laid down his life as a sacrifice for sin. He laid down his life for some, but not for all. We considered, for example, um, last week we considered unconditional election. That is that God chose people for salvation before the foundation of the world. He did not choose everybody for salvation. He chose some. Okay? So, with that said, it ought to follow, and it does follow, that those whom God chose, the Lord Jesus Christ laid down his life for at the cross. We can look at the scriptures and and what 
do the scriptures have to say about it? Never mind what I say, and um, never mind what your emotions tell you. It's what the Bible teaches us. I've got some some verses that speak very clearly of the fact that the Lord Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners, but not all sinners. And it follows that he laid down his life at the cross, not for everybody, but those he came to save. Matthew chapter 1, verse 21, is a verse that I think we all know. It generally comes up every Christmas time. The angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. And in verse 21 we see some of what the angel of the Lord said to Joseph in that dream. Matthew 1 verse 21 And she, that's Mary, shall bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus for he shall save his people from their sins. His people from their sins. You'd have to ask yourself, who are his people? You might like to say, well, his people are the Jews. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. That's certainly a reference to the Jews. And we see that in John chapter 1. But this is a different context here. We see in Matthew 1 verse 21, he shall save his people from their sins. That's clearly not everybody Jesus did not come to save everybody from their sins, just his people. What about John chapter 17, verse 24? Many of you will know this is my favourite verse in the scriptures. The high priestly prayer of Jesus. And one of the things that Jesus prayed to his Father in verse 24, Father, I will that they also, whom thou hast given me, be with me where I am, that they may behold my glory, which thou hast given me. For for thou lovest me before the foundation of the world. Again, we see that God gave Jesus a people, not everybody, I will that they also, whom thou hast given me, be with me where I am, to behold my glory. And if you're a Christian in here, that is because God chose you before the foundation of the world to be holy and without blame in Christ, to be saved. God chose you and he has given you to his Son, And you have the great assurance in John chapter 17 verse 24 that you will be with Jesus where he is and that you will behold his glory. That's wonderful, isn't it? No one, it's only the, those who belong to Jesus who have that hope. Well, the the rest of the world, they've got no interest in being with Jesus anyway. But these are the people whom Jesus laid down his life for, the ones who were given to him by his Father. 
John chapter 10. How about John chapter 10? The whole of John chapter 10 is about Jesus being the good shepherd. Let's see what the good shepherd says. Verse 11. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. Who are the sheep? You may ask. Then we look down at verse 15. As the Father knoweth me, even so know I the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. And when we get to verse 26, look at verse 26. But ye believe not, he's obviously Jesus is speaking to people who did not believe in him. Verse 26, but ye believe not, because ye are not of my sheep, as I said unto you. They are not of his sheep. In other words, his father did not give them to him. That's why they don't believe in him. Verse 27, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me, and I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My Father which gave them me is greater than all, and no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. I and my Father are one. Those who were given, who were given to Jesus by his Father, they are his sheep. They hear his voice. They follow him. That's, again, that's you, dear Christian. It's not everybody, is it? And last of all, Romans chapter 8. Our last scripture, Romans chapter 8. Verse 31, the Apostle Paul says to the church in Rome, what shall we say, what, sorry, what shall we then say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? And he that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Ah, oh, hang on, Glenn. <coughs> Verse 32 there. He that spared not his son, but delivered him up for us all. Surely that means everybody in the whole world. God gave his son for all of us. Everyone in the world. If you've been listening so far, you know that that's not the case. Because... God gave some to his um, son, but not everybody. And the answer's in the next verse anyway. Verse 33. Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that justifies. The us all in that passage is the elect of God. Again, Paul is speaking to those who were chosen by God before the foundation of the world. They are us all, all of us who belong to Jesus, who are trusting in him. 
people for whom Jesus laid down his life as he bare away their sins and your sins, dear Christian. No one should have any problem with this because people who have got no interest in Jesus, they've got no business stamping their feet and waving their fist towards heaven. It's not fair. It's not fair, God, that um, Jesus didn't die for me on the cross. That would be nonsensical, wouldn't it? It's those who will be with Jesus forevermore, worshipping him, that multitude that no man can number from every nation, every tribe, every language, people chosen from before the foundation of the world. They are the ones who Jesus poured out his blood for, laid down his life for, and they will be with him where he is forevermore. Amen. And you just got to ask yourself, is that you? Never Again, never mind stamping your feet and waving your fist. Did the Lord Jesus Christ lay down his life for you? Amen. <laughs>